0: Welcome to the Gamers Over 50 podcast. This is episode 59. We are continuing the holiday game gift guide, and this is part four of five. Thank you for still listening to this. Uh, But really, the first three, 15 pretty awesome games. We're about to add five more to this one. And the five we're going to talk about are actually two. Uh, which would be tabletop games, and three, which would be considered more video games. So, did a little switch up on this one. Uh, we actually picked out a game that was like 50 years old. Uh, I'm blaming Lucy for that one, but not really, because she loves the game and we play it a lot. So, you know, it's a good game. It's that, you know, dream date game. <laughs> yeah, I play dream date. And I always get the honk or the honk at. Is that a honk at Anywho. All right. So the five games for this one are Grento, King of Tokyo, Shindig. Yeah, Shindig. I love the name of that game alone. I could just say it over and over again. Tome, T-O-E-M or Toem, A Photo Adventure, and Sorcery, Parts 1 and 2. Now, there, there are four parts of Sorcery. I'm going to talk about Parts of 1 and 2. Let's jump in and talk about Garento. Uh, publisher, Grand Gamers Guild. Designer, Richard Yaner or Yanner. Artist, Josh Capel. And the number of players uh, from Board Game Geeks, one to four, best with three, has a playing time of 30 to six minute, 60 minutes, 13 plus, complexity from Board Game Geeks of 1.73. So the definition of a Garento, as it is a Japanese memorial shrine, and its tiers symbolize the five elements that combine to form a perfect understanding. As you build your Grento, the unique collection patterns of five elements will shape its growth, challenging you to find the ideal route to balance and harmony. So that's something I pulled out from the internet. Um, however, from the folks over at Grand Gamers Guild... Is the elements gather energy in unique patterns challenging you with finding the ideal route to balance and harmony? Whoa, did I just say that? I did. So earth digs deep, water flows wide, fire rises high, wind blows freely, and void slips between the rest. Can you gain the understanding you need to uncover true elemental wisdom? Uh, I actually was hearing that when I was writing this down and i was taking notes and i was thinking oh my gosh i kind of got a point of now i know where they got that in the movie the fifth element so anywho, so again where we have that garanto you have the earth which is a cube space water which is a sphere fire which is a pyramid air is a crescent and void is a lotus so it often housed the relic of a buddha or saint and together rep- represent the realm of perk of perfect understanding so again another kickstarter because this is came out of kickstarter but it's actually post kickstarter the garinto campaign didn't really have a stretch goal so a stretch goal is like oh we make this much money we're going to do some more things so there's a little kickstarter knowledge so this really didn't have it but the neat thing about the uh, Gerinto, is you have a competitive mode where everyone strives for their individual wisdom, a partnership, which is a two-on-two, so two-person versus two-person, which kind of a cool concept, and then the solo mode, and I'm going to really say this wrong, the kitsune. So I'm hoping my uh, Japanese classes, two, the two semesters of Japanese I try to take. Um, anyhow, so the gameplay is pretty easy in this. You're going to choose your element tile and you're gonna, you know, from the path on the edge of the board, and you're gonna try to get it straight to the mountain in this. So very cool game, again, very easy, you're gonna move all these tiles up again to build your corinto. So you know, each element is going to gather differently because of what it is. And the purpose of each one of the tiles is to have the two public and the shared gold card goal cards that come with the game. And You basically try to set those at at the beginning of the game. You set it. So Garento had me at elements and achieving wisdom, and it made it possible to not want this game as much as I wanted because I really like, you know, 25 games. How do I buy 25 games? But I really wanted a game that is almost harmonious because where I live, we have a lot of rain in the the winter, and it's so amazing to watch the rain kind of drip off the uh the the branch or when the trees are just flowing maybe up about 50 to 100 feet in the evergreens and just kind of see them moving so really seeing that and feeling that connection is amazing and i mean who doesn't really like sit and like to watch a fire that's so cool and it's also a game that i really want to gift a few folks because the concept of it is wonderful it is a very harmonious and achievable concept and it's playable over, over and over again. As always, most games I pick, as you know, the art is pretty amazing. Um, if you have not seen, if you want to actually take a look, you probably have not seen it. Or if you have seen it or you've played it, the gameplay of the game is amazing. You can watch videos of folks playing the game um, and, you know, really seeing that that how the game plays. And if you like a game that gives you, in you know, cause to enjoy strategy, but also... If you're a water person like me, use water to gain advantage. This is a great game. Or maybe you're an earth person. Um, The other side, again, I said it, portability. This is another game that is portable. The art is amazing. And it's such a cool looking game with such great gameplay that I had to, you know, this is one of those games again, another one of those games uh, between Garinto and uh, Valheim. We actually play Garento. That's why I'm recording a little later tonight. Uh, We, you know, we played this this afternoon like three or four times. And we're like, oh, let's play it again. Because it's kind of cool because we're having a little bit of wind. But it is just a great game that, you know, you you get very connected into the elements. All right. Our next game is taking it a different level. But it is actually kind of interesting because I did pick two games that had uh, Japanese themes in this episode. Um, that's probably because I dearly love my uncle Henry Nakamoto and he is such a cool guy and used to, uh, yeah, teach me a lot of stuff about Japan, but this is also a super fun game because I am a fan of monster kaiju movies as well. So this is King of Tokyo and King of Tokyo has been out for a little bit, but it is a really kind of a cool game if you're looking at, uh you know, playing a mutant monster or a robot or an alien. And, you know, not just destroying Tokyo, but you can destroy New York too. Um, it's not really good to destroy it, but it's fun there. So, okay, let's step in. The publisher is, I believe I L O I E L L O. So like the le- next letter after hello, uh, Designer is Richard Garfield, lots of artists on this one. So I apologize. Every single artist, Gabriel boutique boutique. Roman, Romain Gachette, Jonathan Silvestri, Igor Polushin, Benjamin Rena, Jean Baptiste Renard, Regis Torre, and Anthony Wolf. Now, this is a 2 to 6 player, best four to five, but I actually bought this game as well. I'd say it's pretty pretty good with 3 as well. Um two, you're kind of against each other and it, you know, you're playing. You can actually play it a lot faster than the 30 minutes that they say you can play the game. Uh, We've been playing some two player games, and about 15 minutes it takes about five minutes to set up and make sure we have everything ready to go. Now, the really good thing about this game, and I think I, I think I said it about Grento as well, you know, or maybe I didn't. You know, Grento is 13 plus, but I was going to say Grento could also be sitting around that 8 plus. Just understand, and this is an 8 plus game, Team in Tokyo, that in a game where i say 8 plus remember they have to kind of have some help moving along it's it's a higher game but king of tokyo 8 plus which is awesome because counting building stuff like that a uh, lot of dice rolling as well which is fun the complexity from board game geeks on king of tokyo is a 1.49 and like i said before you can play mutant monsters gigantic robots strange aliens all of whom are destroying Tokyo and whacking each other in order to become the one and only King of Tokyo. I think whacking not like the the mob boss, like the good fellows or something like that. I think it means just they're hitting each other too. So you know, it's not, you know what I mean. Anywho. Um, but the really cool thing is that King of Tokyo is you get these great cards that have your creature, monster, robot, alien on it. Um, And then you roll six dice to start out and, you know, they show six symbols, which you can get victory points, energy, heal, attack. Um, And if, you know, as you're throwing this, you can discard dice over three successive rolls. Um, And you're really trying to get, again, like these victory points. But the kind of coolest thing is if you get the victory points, that's great. But if you knock your other opponents out, you win that way, too. So it is kind of a cool thing um, in that effect. And then each one of the creatures has special cards that you use that energy I talked about um, to have a permanent or temporary effect that goes along with it as well. So I think it's very much like, you know, um, oh, gosh, I probably watched the Son of Godzilla, Godzilla, Mothra. You know, King of the Monster. And we're talking like all the 1960s and 70s stuff. Spectre Man. I think I'm actually going to say this in a second. But like, you know, this game had me at mutant monsters, giant robots, and strange aliens. Again, like I said, I watched King Kong, Godzilla, Spectre Man, Voltron, even the Power Rangers. Anything by Ray Harryhausen, uh, which, you know, still is. Those the Sinbad movies alone are still amazing. The, the moving skulls. I think. Uh, oh shoot, was it Sam Raimi who did the Evil Dead, like in um, the third one? Oh shoot, and it's totally missing because I didn't mention the first one. Evil Dead too. Anywho, um, Bruce Bruce Campbell will never get on this. He's too highbrow for this. But I, Bruce Campbell, please join my podcast. I would love to see you on them. Um, but it is one of those things where you get that skeleton look in there as well. Um, so you have the first on the six month, one of six monsters in the very first pack. And we're going to talk about some extra packs that come with this. You get Alienoid, Cyber Bunny, Gigazaur, which is a parody of Godzilla, The Kraken, Release the Kraken, which they did. They played their first home uh, hockey game this week, Mecha Dragon. Gosh, who could that be? Mecha. Mecha Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Mecha Godzilla. There have been like two of them. I can't pick which one's the best because I think my ninth birthday party was the Mecha Godzilla movie, the original one. And then The King, which is a parody of King Kong. Um, the other thing is in the second edition, they do have a Cyber Kitty and Space Penguin that come into this. So if you get a first edition, you're going to get a couple players. And you can also pull that in. Um, again, this is one of those games. Play up to 20 points. And like I said, you're going to roll these dice, get you know health, you're going to get special energy or victory points. So the beauty of this, again, is the concept of winning isn't just one way of winning. You know, this is uh, totally against the monopolies and the candy lands. And the risks were, you know, while risk, there's like 20 different ways to win, right? Which is the one is the outlast, the other people playing the game. Kind of like that in Monopoly too. But you have two ways to win in this, you know, right? Uh, Let me see. One, two, two ways. That's right. Check my math. Um, But you have to develop a strategy to either try to get to the victory points or try to knock everybody out. And... I think this is such a fun game because you know maybe you have a character that you want to play every single time <clears throat> Gigazor or mm, mm, the king now actually i like playing all the characters i even love cyber bunny because i like bunnies they're funny then that rhyme too but you have those now the other cool thing and this is really awesome is there's expansions and i love games of expansions uh, Carcasson. Carcasson. Gosh, I said that so wrong every time. Had or car, I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna say that name right again. Um, I had to practice for the podcast on that one, but you know, in this this one, you have a ton of expansions. So, uh, game, I think it came out in 2009, 2010, 2011, came out before 2012, because that's when the first expansion came out. Anywho, uh, that you got new. 56 new cards, tokens, and a brand new monster, Panda Kai. Which, I mean, come on, who doesn't love pandas? They're so cute. It's good to see them in DC. They're awesome. Additionally, then they came out with a Halloween collector pack, which had Pumpkin Jack and Boogie Woogie, which I don't even want to think about what Boogie Woogie is, but I want the pumpkin jack so bad. Uh then we had a next in 2017, we got another monster pack which had Chitulu, which is really funny because I have trouble saying sphere, but I can say Chitulu just boom right out. You know, call it Chitulu, ah, everybody Chitulu. Um, I guess I'm not going to really complain about that. Um, and it also had a new uh, player board with additional uh, evolution cards in there and a power up expansion as well, which included double sided cultists, temple tiles ugh, and madness tokens. So really awesome. And then it also had a Monster Pack Two, which they call King Kong, as a small expansion for King of Tokyo and King of New York. So King of New York came out, ta-da! So you could either go, you know, to Tokyo and build the Tokyo Tower for King of Tokyo, or the Empire State Building uh, as as an alternative victory condition, you could obtain levels of the building. Now, then you had Monster Pack 3. We're almost done, I swear, but these monsters are so cool. Where you had Anubis that came out and they had Curse and Golden Scarabs, which is super cool. And then you had Monster Pack 4, which had Cybertooth on it. So this is, again, King of Tokyo, as well as King New York. We're really talking about King of Tokyo, but King of New York comes along with it um, in there as well. Now, there are also a ton of promo cards that you can out there, variants of this. um, And as you're going through different, like I said, the first version, uh, you had Cyber Bunny and Kraken, which were removed. But I'm sure you could find those out there. Uh, Target had a special release with Gigasaur and Baby Gigasaur. Son of Godzilla. Gosh, I mean, this stuff writes itself. It's awesome um and then in king like i said king of new york you had some uh, additional which is cool because you can take the cards from king new york and use them in king of tokyo wink wink Where you had captain fish sheriff kong mantis rob and draconis yeah rob that's like seeing you know there's this one really good far side that has like goth visigoth and at the end just mitch and i'm like wow that's one of the names i get called Anywho, you also have mega shark that came out with this as well so I love expansions and variants, and King of Tokyo, King of New York are amazing. And this is a really, really cool game, especially as it adds holiday pieces in. And I am sure they've add, or are they sure they will add, or should add some other holidays in as well. But I mean, Pumpkin Jack, I mean Boogie Woogie, Yay, Pumpkin Jack, though. Anywho. Uh, you know, this is a game that if you have a friend that says, "Hey, you live in New York," buy them the New York game. Get the, you know, Tokyo game. Or here's a really fun part: let's say you have a brother and a sister, or maybe you have two two kids, or you have an uncle. You can buy them both games. Or maybe you have friends that are getting married. There's two wedding gifts right there. Um, but this is one of those that you're going to want. For your friends, it's gonna be one of those fun games again. Pull it out, play it at the pub. People will be like, Oh, I wish we brought a game at the pub, or go to a gaming cafe and play it as well. It is not hard to love this game with all the awards and all the honors it has won. It is just too many to share. Um, it is really cool looking, and again, big big monster movies. All right, let's move into the video games. The first video game is shindig it was a published by imaginary friends games llp who are martin and Faye mayardette i think i said that right uh platform is windows same artist writers as above single player ages six to eight so if you remember lucy from a previous episode i already threw her under the bus earlier in this episode um for picking out dream day it's still a good game but uh, she brought up and found shindig because we were we we're scanning through steam and we we're looking at a lot of different things uh trying to find games and so she found this and you know this is one of those things from the, the gift guide that it shouldn't be for the 50 plus crowd but looking at the videos looking at the screenshots you know I will have to say and then the other side is i went and i read about martin and Faye. this is such an awesome game it is inclusive it has puzzles and ultimately the whole goal of the game is you're trying to prepare for the shindig the party so it is a very hand-drawn game and what is great is you're just lending a helping hand so again this game is not just cute the voice the story are also very very optimistic we need some optimism and positivity in this um the really awesome kind of fun things here and out of i think there's like 10 or 12 things you can do in the game but there is a you know narrative that you kind of point and click and you go through and it's almost like playing a feature film so you know you're going to be in a couple hours you can finish the game the other neat thing is you can change your look from range of skin tones and hairstyles. You know, you can go masculine, you can be feminine. You can change the voice. And you have to think about this. That was created by two people. So really, 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 really cool. And the best part of this: most games have a lot of pressure on them. You've got to get to something. You've got to do something. This is a very linear adventure. It, there is not a lot of bad stuff. It has a very happy ending. So You know, not all games are about winning and they should be fun and they should be cute. And then in the case of Shindig, it's all of that. And it has a really awesome soundtrack. So if you just need something to just chill to the soundtrack, you can get it. Um, I think if and I brought his name up last time, if Wes Anderson is listening, you should reach out to Faye and Martin and make a Shindig movie. It, It just could hear the creative genius moving together between Martin and Faye and Wes. And the folks at Wes always brings into the movies. I'm really excited about his new movie coming out. You know, but this is this is a great game. Now, it's not a tablet game. It's a PC game. Um, unless you have like a PC that's a tablet. Some people do that now. Uh, but it is also one of those games that you could put your kids on your lap or your grandchildren on your lap and play this game. So they would love it. I promise. Wonderful game, Shindig. All right. Tome, a photo adventure. So the publisher is Something We Made. The development team is Lucas Golbo, Golbo and Nicholas Mickelson. The music and sound effects were by Victor Idigan. Oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Launchable Socks. I almost said Lunchable (laughs) that would have been funny, but Lunchables and Socks. Uh, Launchable Socks and Jamal Green. Uh, the platform this is on steam nintendo switch and playstation 5. it is a single player and ages 10 plus i think you could get down to the 8 plus if you sit with your person a little bit while they're playing so think of this uh i said it's a photo adventure it's a kind of just a, a game an expedition with a photograph a photographic eye a lot of photography building so photography buffs this is your game Um, And it's a hand-drawn adventure game. So again, Shindid was... Tom, as you can see, there's a little bit of a a connection here. But I I just thought this was such a cool-looking game. It's quirky. There are problems. You need to get some neat photos. And you go through another, you know, relaxing landscape. And, you know, I brought this up with Chicory. Very chill, relaxing. It doesn't always have to be a crazy adventure. It's sometimes an easygoing, fun adventure. And Tome is for everyone. If you have a friend or family who likes games and photography, this is their sweet, sweet spot. Um, IGN, the website, has an awesome review by Rebecca Valentine on this game. And it's such a perfect review that it should be highlighted by Steam, Nintendo, and Sony. Um, I want to read just a little bit of it. So it's one thing to call a game small, maybe referring to its length or something about its quaint aesthetics. But Tome, a game about the joy of photography, is small in the way a snow-topped winter cabin is small, or a sleeping cat is small, or a plate of cube-shaped cheese and nicely sliced meats is small. It's small in totality, pristine, complete, and precise. It's perfect for snuggling under a blanket on a quiet evening with a scented candle and a mug of cocoa to finish in one contented sitting. We all need something like that. And we cannot all put it in Jason Sudeikis hands with Ted Lasso. Jason, you can come on, but we cannot talk college basketball because Kentucky Trump's Kansas there. Boom. We're better. Anywho. um, But I tried to find a lot of cool looking games and cool looking and cool on the wallet is great. Tome was probably one of the first video games I found. It's a black and white game. It looks awesome. The hand drawn is beautiful. Um, You can tell this was made by gamers who have a lot of game experience. Um, The something we made team did an amazing job. It is fun. It can be played for a bit as you find everything or let someone else in the house have a go at it. The other really awesome part about this is that it has the achievements so you can play through the game and then you can go back and get some of the achievements all into that. So again, to- tome, and I'm hoping I say it right, because tome would really be tome, T-O-M-E, but it's T-O-E-M is the game. All right. Our last game is Sorcery parts one and two. Now, Sorcery has parts one, two, three, and four, but I want to talk about one and two here um, because if I talked about four, we would probably be hitting the hour mark. All right. The publisher and designer of this game is Inkle, I-N-K-L-E. Now, what's really, really, really cool about Sorcery is it actually really has someone who wrote a book and it's based on a 1983 book by Steve Jackson. It's his epic game book series, Sorcery. So this is one of those uh, moments where it's like, hmm, I did movies that are based on video games. I did games that are based on movies. I'm thinking we got to do a book one now. Um, but this one's really, really good. So original game book, Steve Jackson, uh, writing who did for the sorceries part one and two, John Ingold. Graham Robertson design, John Ingold, Joseph Humphrey, art and code, Joseph Humphrey, cartography. Kate, this has cartography in it. My friend is a cartographer, geographer, geography on Twitter. Uh, Mike Schley, character art, Eddie Schwarm, 3D modeling, Ara Carrasco, and so there are Android and Desktop Editions by Ian Merrick. The music is by Lawrence Chapman and Dave Wise. And then The Fighting Fantasy was created by Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone. Okay. So we're going to have to... There's multiple platforms this is on. Um, I think we kind of hit all the artists, everybody. Single player, 12 plus in my book. And I say it's 12 plus because, again, this is one of those games where you might have to kill something. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, all sorceries part one through four, and I'm really we're only talking about one and two, are played on iOS, Google Play, Amazon App, and Steam. So you get to, th- or sorry, are played on, well except for the fourth one is not Amazon App. Uh, okay, let me redo that one again. All four or all two, the first two are on iOS, Google Play, Amazon App, and then Steam. Three and four. Only three is on Steam. Oh, no, four is on Steam too, and only three is on the Amazon App Store. Oh my gosh, that was confusing. One and two, it's on iOS, Android, Amazon app, and Steam. Woo. All right. So, Sorcery (laughs) One and Two is an epic adventure. Again, you know, fantasy through land of monsters, traps, and magic. And it's, again, written off of Steve Jackson's game book series, Sorcery. And this gave everyone a new way to kind of look at the game. So stealing that, um, the folks at Inkle picked this up 30 years later and, you know, a game created a game right off of it. And both 1 and 2 are interconnected, 3 and 4 as well. Um, and what's really cool about this, and I, I do, don't do spend all my time on IGN, but IGN had a great quote where they called this game a prime example of what can happen when traditional storytelling gets along with contemporary game design. So if you've ever wanted to play a game that was written on the content of a book and illustrated very much as a book. So like, if you see the illustrations, right, we're not talking like playing a game where it's on a book, but it's 3d and it's looking like you're walking in a space. Like, you know, you're, you know, the book's twilight and you're walking in. Oh, there's Edward. Now we're talking about, you're seeing that two dimensional art, that, that drawing it's very, you know, no, none of the colors put into it, it's black and white of the drawing of the of the person. Ever looked at something like that, and um, I always think back to like, uh, through the looking glass with Alice, and the, at the top of each chapter, they have a picture of the characters. And if you get the one where they're colored in, very, they're still great, but those ones were just the penciling. Uh, it's fantastic. So, the other side is, if you have Lord of the Rings, d and D, Game of Thrones fan, that's out there. This is a great game because if you think about have having all those boxes checked for all that fantasy and cool stuff, you're there. Sorcery, and if you have a concept built on using a story, that if you wanted to read the books as well, you could bring it all together. And it's cart- you know the cartography is relevant in this game. A lot of games. You know, you have your map and it's like, oh, you go here or you go there. The cartography is built out that you follow it. So it is also another one of those games that I'm having trouble <laughs> stopping playing um, since I found this and I picked it up on iOS. I got actually I bought one through four, but we're only talking about one and two. Um, but this is, you know, one of those games that you just keep going through and playing it. And I, you know, I'm playing it on my iPad, which is fantastic. And I've also played it. uh, I played the demo on the Android. um, Or actually, I looked at the demo on the Android, but then I was, you know, playing it around over here. But it's one of those things you can be sitting on your couch, you know, you could be in your car, like say you're in a car trip, not when you're driving, obviously, but you're sitting in the car, maybe you're taking a plane ride in the future, near future, and you need something to do. Maybe you're with a fox, maybe you're in a box eating green eggs and ham i don't know Uh, but really it's a game you could take anywhere so if you're like maybe i'm gonna go get a cup of coffee boom i'm gonna take some sorcery and play it just hang out chill out a little bit myself um the other side of sorcery that i really like about it is it is so interactive so you know i say this you you know you don't normal games are oh i'm gonna slash and hack and beat something to death in this game, you kind of have to read up on your enemies and you have to study and learn how to defeat them. Yeah, you may be able to overpower them, but what if you can beat them without having to do that? So it's a smarter game with more choices in doing it. Um, the press kit, if you get to go out and look at the go out to Inkle and look at the site, it, it is just, like I said, this game is so neat. If you look at that press kit, you are going to go probably buy this game it's that cool um and you know as they've had a lot of DD games and i know wizards of the coast are putting stuff out and i know amazon's putting stuff out and i know there's huge games that are putting stuff out but they're putting it out without writing the content and they're not building all the the content that it, it, you really want to read about um, i think some of the coolest content and in, in this is the fact that, again, it is built off of this giant story. Now, what was really interesting as I was going through a lot of this was I was looking for. Hmm. I wonder how they came up with this kind of idea of building a game like this. Or if there was uh, something that somebody saw or something, you know, we saw somebody you know had picked up on and I was watching Apple TV. So if anybody has watched uh, some of the stuff that's been on Apple TV, you may have seen uh, certain show. I don't want to get sued by Apple because I'm assuming they'll probably really want to come and get me after I kind of pick on this one. Um, but again, there's a certain show on Apple TV where it's a game group, you know, industry that is creating their own stuff. Okay, fine. I'm going to let Apple come after me, but it's called Mythic Quest. And it made me think about the folks who are working on this game. They're probably not as flawed and crazy as other folks, but they really do care about how the game looks and how you you work through the game and how you play the game and enjoying the content of the game. So, you know, hats off, Inkle. Yeah, this is such a awesome, awesome game set. And it is built on... Steve Jackson stuff. Now, I'm going to do a little addendum on this one. Uh, Add in the fact that maybe you can go pick up Steve Jackson's books to go along with the game. It might be kind of cool to say, hey, read, play, play, read. Always love to get a book that goes along with a game. Now, the game probably corresponds with the book really good, but the other side of it is, I think the art in the game will help build out your world, what you're reading. So those are our five games. And you heard me swoon on, on almost every one of these games. They're so good. And, and crazy enough, I bought five of the five. Well, if I count one and two, I've bought six of the five. But uh, again, Grento, King of Tokyo, Shindig, Toem, Tome, A Photo Adventure, and Sorcery, Part one and two, even though there are three and four and there's a great set of books. All right. From here, one more episode, five more games. And then after that episode, uh, I'm going to record places to go buy games. And I'm actually trying to work out maybe having a guest from one of the game cafes. So uh, hopefully we get that still working on that one, but Look forward to tomorrow's podcast or the next podcast, and I'll talk to you soon.